This episode of Tour Denver is brought to you in collaboration with Sunrise Robot. Be sure to visit sunriserobot.net and discover other great podcasts about the arts, technology, and culture. Tour Denver is a storytelling event created by Amber Blaze, Derek Mund, and me, Michael Edwards. Hi, I'm Amber Blaze. Tour events take place live at venues around Denver, Colorado. Each night, a theme is chosen and three curated storytellers share their tales. In addition to the three chosen raconteurs, audience members have an opportunity to sign up and tell their own stories. All of these stories are told without any written notes, with each storyteller living in the moment with the audience. See the full schedule of upcoming raconteur events and listen to other episodes at raconteurdenver.com. This very first Tour Denver event took place at the Denver Bicycle Cafe on January 12th. The topic of the night was firsts. Our Tour this episode is Brian Smith. Brian is the acting spirit specialist of Classic Wine and Spirits and a very active member of the Colorado bartending community. He shares some firsts he experienced on a trip to Mexico in 2012. Let's hear Brian tell his tale. Hi, everyone. I took a trip to Mexico in the summer of 2012 that was kind of defining for me personally and professionally. I am what's called a spirit specialist, which is long and short, just somebody that bullshits about booze all day. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not really good at being, you know, cutthroat or making those kinds of decisions. But uh, I think I'm pretty good about representing people that I think are doing beautiful things. That attitude and that professional reality for me came together on this trip to Mexico that I took with uh, an ex-partner of mine named Laura. And the plan was to fly into the Caribbean side and then bus and backpack to the Pacific side. I had been to the Caribbean side before, uh, but never as with a sort of tinge of research in mind. At the time, I managed a bar uh, just down the street here. I was the opening bar manager for Pinche Tacos. And so the resources that were allotted me because everyone wanted to be on the back bar allowed me to go to Mexico and have it subsidized and visit palenques and visit distilleries. So we started in Tulum, Mexico, which is in a state called Quintana Roo. And uh, that was when I gave Laura her beachy times, right? We took selfies on the beach and we body surfed and we hung out and we ate tacos and et cetera, et cetera. We did that for three days. This was a 15-day trip, and I don't think that she realized, and I didn't realize, the burdens that would be shared between the two of us on the way so that I could see what I wanted to see and get to a point where I could represent brands that make beautiful things. So we stay in Tulum on the beach in a hut. It's just us, no running water. Uh, It was great. It was romantic. It was wonderful, the beach, the sand. And then on the third day... We tried out this thing that I wanted to do where instead of being in a hotel and sleeping and waking up in the same place, we would take a bus and sleep on the bus. So we, we, uh, we left Tulum at about 9 o'clock on the third day, and we bussed till 7 in the morning through Campeche, through Tabasco, to a state called 
uh, Chiapas, which is my still my favorite state, the poorest state in Mexico uh, per capita. Their GDP per capita last year was $3,000. A very, very poor state, the most indigenous state. And we just popped up in this village called Palenque, which has very famous Mayan ruins in it. And we were gonna take a bus called a Colectivo, which really is just one of those Nissan cargo vans and people pile in along the way and pay a couple pesos and they take you up the road. <clears throat> My Spanish wasn't great and we missed a couple of colectivos because I didn't understand what was going on or where they were going. And Laura threw her first fit of the trip at the ruins. It was beautiful, it was in the jungle. It was at a time where you could still explore them yourself more or less outside of some of the archeological sites and <laughs> She just sat down and waited for me to explore on my own. And I did, and it was beautiful, and it was amazing. And I got real sweaty. And then we jumped on another bus to the capital of Chiapas called San Cristobal de las Casas. And we stayed there. We got there later in the evening. And the next day, this first rebirth for us of the trip, one of many, many, uh, we rented a motorcycle, went to some really crazy incredibly indigenous religious sites in Chiapas. And that's what I remember of that state, is a really brutal integration of um, indigenous culture into this sort of Catholic motif in a lot of the chapels around the villages there. So we did that all day, it was a 10 hour day. It was wonderful. We went to Oaxaca the next day. That was a quick, that was a quick little stay. Um, Oaxaca is, is kind of where things changed for me. We visited some tabernas or mezcal factories, I guess you could say, as well as some mezcal families. And in these experiences and kind of sweating it out and seeing how down home and agricultural that process was, it reminded me of some of my favorite vacations as a kiddo in rural Wyoming going to, you know, my Uncle John's farm in Manila, Utah, or just seeing where stuff comes from. And made relationships with mezcal producers that still inform what I do today. From, from Oaxaca, we went to Puebla, and I had my first tummy troubles of the trip. Leaving Oaxaca, we had this really beautiful... Um, do you guys know who Jim Gaffigan is? Jim Gaffigan, the comedian? He, he, he has a story about when he was a server at a Mexican restaurant and someone would ask him about a menu item. And he'd be like, oh, nachos, that's um, tortillas with your choice of uh, meat, cheese, or vegetable. And someone would be like, okay, well, what's a burrito? Like, well, it's like a, it's like a tortilla. And then you get your choice of like meat, cheese, or vegetable. So across Mexico, you learn and you understand different words for pretty much the same thing. but. It's very meaningful, the differences, because if you called, for instance, a tlacoyo from Oaxaca a quesadilla, as you would in the district of uh, Mexico, they would be like, oh, we don't make tlacoyos, we make quesadillas. You know, there's a very, very distinct difference for pretty much the same thing. So in Puebla, I ate uh, escamoles. Escamoles are ant eggs, deep fried. It's a very strange delicacy because you have to have an ant farm and then fry those eggs. Uh, and I got some tummy troubles from that. Had a real rough time in Puebla, home of mariachi, home of, you know, that cry. You know that cry. <laughs> that's, that's Puebla for you, um, at least on the, on the town square. So I wasn't having a great time. We took a bus overnight to Mexico City. Great idea, Brian. 
This bus was kind of the most rickety of the trip and had a bathroom that was questionable at best. And it sloshed a little. Uh, we end up in Mexico City, and that was where we stayed at a hostel. We decompressed because Laura met some Australians that she really, really liked. Um, and so she could actually meet people that she could talk to because she was in this world where I'm speaking Spanish and she's just going, oh yeah, yeah, I love, I love the artichoke. Is that what we're, what are we doing? The Aussies had just basically been extorted by the police and lost three or $400 American because they were drinking in public. Um, so naturally we went out drinking in public with them. Mexico City was crazy, very delineated between the poor. The poorest people in Mexico live poorly in Mexico City. The wealthiest Mexicans live uh, in Mexico City in districts. And the delineations are very abrupt in that city. Um, I had a tough time with that, personally. It was my least favorite part of the trip just because it made me understand my whiteness and made me an outsider in ways that the indigenous culture of Chiapas or Oaxaca didn't look at me as different as just a person. The way I looked at them and I said, oh, you're a person. Different in Mexico City. It's just like walking dollar signs. Whether you're in a poor part of town and someone's asking you or you're in a wealthy part of town and someone's judging you because you look like a hobo hippie. So we flew from Mexico City. No more buses, right? We flew from Mexico City to Jalisco, the, the home of tequila. We visited a couple of tequila distilleries. I met a mule named Ginger that I thought was the coolest thing. As you know, her, her life was pulling a stone wheel and crushing agave the way that her family had for generations. And she was owned and fed by a family that had done it for generations. And um, I'd never really seen like such a connection in the spirits industry, right? I was a bartender for a long time. You forget that beer comes from stuff and somebody made that barley come out of the earth. And somebody else said, that's good barley or that's shitty barley. You should feed it to the brewers. So in Jalisco, those notions of nativity and of indigenous culture and their expression in industrial products, which really tequila is. Mezcal is very agricultural. Tequila, I feel, is based on our American demand of very industrial product. Um, we drink more tequila in dollars and in liters north of the border than our friends south of the border do, which is crazy because it's not even that popular among American drinkers compared to vodka or now bourbon or whatever. We had lunch with one of the few female uh, master distillers in Jalisco. She was awesome. She was a rock star. She didn't take shit from nobody, not even white ass, you know, Pearl Snap, Colorado, rolling in. Tell me about tequila. Why don't you just taste it? You, maybe we taste it first. And that wrapped the trip for me, right? And I came back to the bar that I managed, and it changed my relationship with my employer. It changed my relationship with my bartenders that worked with me and for me. It changed my relationships, period, because it solidified in me the idea that bartending wasn't just a job. It solidified in me that because I carried um, the stories of where these things are from, it was a career. It was kind of like a calling, I guess you could say, um, but a lot more drinking than your average calling, obviously. I wanna say thank you, um, and I urge you, despite travel warnings and state departments and terrorism and fear and international borders, um, get out of here. 
go like go away you know you, you you only learn the most important parts of you when you face the things you fear the most anyway thank you Thank you for listening to this episode of Raconteur Denver. Visit raconteurdenver.com where you can find upcoming events, speaker bios, and more episodes. This podcast was recorded and edited by Michael Edwards of Sunrise Robot. Visit sunriserobot.net and discover other great podcasts about the arts, technology, and culture.